Welcome to Awkwards Anonymous, the podcast where two sisters stricken with the disease to please share their experiences and opinions while making a conscious effort to be unapologetically honest. Sorry if anything we say offends you. Oh, shoot. I'm not supposed to say that. Come on, Missy. Hi, Missy. Hi, Chrissy. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How was your week? So... We already talked about this before I hit record, but I think it's worth repeating. Aside from recording the podcast, you came over to have dinner. And the whole time we were sitting at dinner, I kept wanting to, like, tongue-in-cheek ask you if you had had any creepy dreams last night or had trouble sleeping, because I did, and that's happened to us before, as we've mentioned in the podcast, But the reason I didn't is because my son was at the table and I didn't really want to bring it up because it's kind of scary. And then we came back to record. And the first thing you said was, last night I had this dream that has been bothering me all day long. Can we just talk about that for a second? And how effing creepy it is? Yeah. Creepy on so many levels. Creepy because the dreams that we had are just wrong. Wrong. Yeah. And also creepy that, I mean, because I could tell as soon as I said it, as soon as I was like, Missy, I had just the worst dream last night and it stuck with me all day. I could see on your face that you were like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just funny because I was going to say it. I wish I would have because it would have been kind of a magical moment. Yeah. But anyway, I just, I had to mention that because it's just too much to hold inside. Yeah. That's what she said. (laughs) Not to be like super mysterious. My dream was I, like, basically went insane, and then I woke up, and I had a feeling that I wasn't safe. I ran around the house and locked all the doors in the middle of the night, which I never get out of bed. I always assume if you're in bed, you're safe. Yeah. But I was so creeped out that I got up, and I ran around the house. So that's all it was. It was a lot more emotion-based than any kind of fun story that I could tell. I know that the dream that you had, like, when when you tell it to certain people, they might be like, what is so creepy about what you're describing? But I've been there where it's like, you don't understand. Like there was just something, it just wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not something that can be defined or explained. My dream was our mom just died. And it felt, it was one of those dreams that felt so real. And I was so devastated. And I just remember like sobbing in my dream and thinking of all of the, highlight memories. I kept thinking in my dream, I wish this was a dream. I'm in a nightmare right now. I wish this was a dream so bad. And in my dream, I even woke up and it was like one of those, those moments where like in real life, something bad happens and then you go to sleep and you wake up and for just a millisecond, you think everything's okay. And then you remember. Yeah. It comes crashing down. No, it's not. That was what it was like when I woke up from my dream in my dream. Yeah. It was just, well, thank goodness there was a third layer to that dream because yeah, I I don't like that at all. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of other people have had dreams like that. And unfortunately, a lot of people that is a reality for for them. But yeah, you never want to have a dream where a loved one dies. Yeah. It's bad enough when somebody that you love is passed away in real life. Yes. And in your dream, you dream that they're alive somehow miraculously we were all duped they were never gone here they are Mm -hmm. and then you wake up and it comes crashing down all over again nope 
they're gone. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I just I just thought it was important to uh, underscore our psychic connection. Yeah. I don't think I like it. <laughs> I, I feel like I mentioned this when we talked about it the first time. I'm like, why does this have to be the channel that we share? Yeah. Like, yeah. We never feel happy at the same time. <laughs> yeah. We only feel devastated and creeped out at the same time. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll take what I can get, I suppose. <laughs> Abrupt transition. So the other thing that happened this week that I thought was worth mentioning is my dry eyes. <laughs> I had, I made a cupcake order for a friend that mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a while. So when I went to go drop them off, we had dinner at Taste of Belgium. I don't know if Taste of Belgiums are all over the world, if they're, if they're even in Belgium or <laughs> they're only in. Not likely. <laughs> Anywho. They're a fancy pants waffle, chicken and waffle Chicken and place. waffles, yeah. <laughs> it's it's the most expensive chicken and waffles you'll ever have. They're good. So we go out to eat, and they put us in this, like, you know how they have, like, outdoor seating, only there's, like, a tent, which is kind of like, okay, what's the point? <laughs> it's still inside. Yeah. But we happen to be the only people there, which I've never seen Taste of Belgium that dead. They put us in this, like, greenhouse room, basically, where it was plastic windows all around us, and they had hot air blowing in. And the angle that I was sitting at, the hot air was blowing directly in my eyes the whole time. And, like, while I'm eating my food, my hair is, like, flying across (laughs) my face. I'm trying to have a conversation, and I keep having to, like, tuck my hair behind my ears. You know, I've cut my hair, I say short, it's short for me, but I can't put it in a ponytail yet. It's still that short. I know it's the smallest thing, but I feel like that that's like something that happens to people in hell <laughs> is that there are no <laughs> hair ties. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody has just shoulder length hair. Yes. <laughs> and it's always windy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my hair flew in my mouth at one point while I was eating and I had to like pull my It was not the dining experience that I would have thought a $15 plate of chicken and a waffle. Not even chicken and waffles. A chicken, not a chicken, but one cutlet of chicken and one waffle that is two inches in diameter. Ridic. Yeah, that is ridic. I would have been furious. I mean, was indoor seating available? Yes. Why were they corralling everybody out into a tent? Nana Mimi can't be in canvas that long. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically it wasn't canvas. It was what is, what's that plastic? It, they look like sheets of glass with their plastic. Plastic? No, there's a name for it. Oh, them. plexiglass. Plexiglass. Nana Mimi can't be in plexiglass <laughs> that long. <laughs> because the sun is shining in and it amplifies and then they're blowing hot air directly into your eyeballs. <laughs> Insert into eyeballs. But no, to answer your question, there wasn't, we were the only people in the restaurant. That's so stupid. All of the indoor seating was open. I don't know why they sat us out there. That's really annoying. Yeah. I'm sorry about your poor dining experience. Yeah. But, you know, I got to get out, which was nice, and see a friend that I hadn't seen in a while. Speaking of friends, that reminds me that there are a couple of updates that we owe our listeners, Mm -hmm. because I know that they've been lying awake at night. In one of our previous episodes, I mentioned I had major anxiety because... (laughs) 
I got the simplest text from my friend and I just sort of read into the multiple dots. Mm-hmm. Um, update, nothing happened. <laughs> we went to dinner that night and it was just normal like any other night. So crisis averted. I'm sure you'd like to say that you've learned your lesson, but you'll still be on pins and needles anytime anyone asks you out for dinner because there has to be something else rather than they just enjoy my company. Oh, yeah. They have to have a bomb that they're dropping on me. Yeah. Another update in the last episode, you were trying to encourage me to actually tell one of my friends about how wonderful I think they've grown up to be one of my childhood friends and how they've grown up to just be such a wonderful adult. And I didn't. You missed a part of that. Oh, when yeah. When you were... I was supposed to tell them what how sorry I was for being such an asshole <laughs> when we were kids. But I didn't. Because you wanted... You thought that her soul was in peril and she needed to be saved. And yeah. she ended up being... Well, and to be completely honest, that wasn't the only thing I was an asshole about. Well, okay. I was kind of a butt to her for some reason. It's... And, I mean, we were very good friends. I don't want to make it sound like it was miserable all the time and I was constantly shitting on her. But I'm right. just I'm just saying there are certain things that I think back and I'm like, you know, that wasn't really, really being a very good friend. Yeah. Or I would be bossy or, you know, try to control situations that I didn't need to or, you know, just stupid stuff like that. Kid right. stuff. But still, it, it's kind of like the sister aspect. You know, the classic sibling. I mean, we, we were together constantly. Mm-hmm. We were much more like siblings than friends. And familiarity breeds contempt, and sometimes we treated each other that way. That is definitely something that I think is a natural part of growing up. Because, I mean, some of my stories from, you know, our last episode, a lot of the reasons why I was an asshole to some of my friends was because I was just being controlling. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I I didn't say anything. I just made it be like a normal night. Because, I mean, it, again, it's... It's something that I know and something that I remember, but I always have this fear of being too mushy. When I was younger, even though I just got done saying what an asshole I was to my one particular friend, but when I was younger, I was very open about Mm -hmm. my emotions and my feelings towards people, Mm -hmm. my friends in particular. And I would tell them that. And I would, I would write, you know, love letters. Like back in the, back in the day, it wasn't texting. It was writing notes to each other and passing them around in class. And I would just write notes to my friends about how much they meant to me. And I don't know, I'm not trying to like blame anybody for, for the way that I am, but it was either not reciprocated or almost kind of not made fun of like outright, but kind of like, you know, scoffed at, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I just, learned to do less and less and less of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of what ha- is coming out with that whole conversation of, well, why don't you just fucking tell her? Right. Tell her how much she means. Tell her you're sorry. And, and just say, you know, you might not remember this and make a joke out of it, but just so you know, blah. Yeah. But I just am so, I have such an aversion to being too mushy. Again, th- this has been a theme in some of our other episodes is that mush hole. And I never want to be the reason for that vortex. Right. I avoid it for some reason. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not entirely sure why. As you're saying that, I think that, I think that a, the, the sentimentality and the emotion and the affection, a part of that comes from how we're, we're just, we were raised 
everyone, like, it was just hugs abound. And our family isn't really shy about proclaiming our love for each other. (laughs) And luckily, you know, not to, like, rub it in and be like, well, I wasn't made fun of. I didn't. (laughs) But, you know, I, I remember being that way, too, when I was younger. Hopefully my friends remember me being that way as well. (laughs) Either they'll be like, yeah, you were really, you were really nice and sentimental and you always told us how much you loved us. Or they're like, no, you were a fucking asshole and you're lucky we're still around. (laughs) Because in one hand, I would make gifts for my friends and I would always tell them how much they meant to me. But on the other hand, sometimes when we'd be walking in the hallway, I'd take their books and I'd throw them on the floor or throw them down the hallway so that they had to go get it because I was an asshole. Fetch it. You know, some of that stuff, that's just, that's what you call friendship. Yeah. But I mean, now as an adult, there's a piece of that that just dies over time. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I have to keep myself in check. Like as an example, you know, we've talked about my last day of my last job where I wanted to be like shower my my managers and compliments and just tell them how much they've meant to me and how, what a what a big part they were in my life and I didn't say a lot of that cuz I'm like, well, you got to rein it back. You know, you can't, you know, you're going to make them uncomfortable. Speaking of pro- that proclaiming your <laughs> your love, have oh my god, it just made me think of something that I've done before. Has anybody else done this? In my case, I was leaving work when I was in college. I worked at a groomer's. And so, you know, everybody all worked in one big room Mm -hmm. with multiple tables with everybody there in one place. Okay. So just setting the scene. (laughs) I don't know what the, I just got distracted for a second when I was leaving and I said, bye, love you. And that might be normal in some cases where you work with your friends or you work with people that you actually love, but (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) These were basically strangers. I mean, essentially strangers. I didn't work there for very long. I got let go for sexual harassment. (laughs) No, it was just, it's, it's one of those moments where you just, you're like, gosh, did they hear me? Please tell me they didn't hear me. And the grooming community is a lot like how we've talked of the equine community. You know, it's very barbershop, Mm -hmm. you know, you're all in, like I said, you're all in a room together all day long, cutting the hair and trimming the nails. And there's not really a whole lot to do except talk. Right. And your clients are animals. So you're not even talking to them. You're talking to each other Mm -hmm. and things get catty quick. So I can only imagine that when I left, they all just like burst out laughing and probably mentioned it constantly behind my back about how I said, bye, I love you. (laughs) I mean, to this day, I'm still like, oh my gosh, did did they hear that? I feel you because I have only almost done that. I probably have done it and it just didn't even register that I did it. Yeah. There was one time when I was having my evaluation I got up and I left and I almost told my supervisor, all right, well, bye. Love you. I have our family to air quotes blame for that because like you said, I mean, it's just what we do. It's just like part of the routine Yeah, to say that every time, every time and multiple times yeah. we do what, what's called the Southern goodbye. Right. If you're from the South, you don't need this explained to you, but <laughs> if you're not from the South, 
then a sudden goodbye is when you have to say goodbye no less than 10 times, tell someone to watch out for deer, tell them to give you two rings when you get home. (laughs) Get up, say you gotta go, stand in the kitchen for about 20 more minutes, meander your way towards the door, talk by the door for a while, go outside of the house, talk on the porch for a while, head to the car, and then yell from your car to the porch for a while, and then you get in the car, and yeah. And you honk your horn. Yep. What, when you're or driving away. honk your horn, or flash the brights to say goodbye, and mama's always got to say, watch for deer. I'm not, like, we're not exaggerating when we say it can be an hour-long process. Oh, absolutely. You have to be strategic when you're like, okay, well, I've got to get home by 8, so I need to start this process at 6.30. Yeah, and it's no joke. Speaking of conversing with people and maybe saying things that weren't meant for their ears, (laughs) there are times when I'm talking to people and then all of a sudden I come to this abrupt realization, you are being way too loud. I know that I do that when we're recording and it's probably just like so hard for you to edit. I mean, I see the spikes there on the recording and I just hate myself. Well, there so are sometimes. there are tools for that, but I totally know what you mean. For me, I typically end up doing that when I'm going to sound like an asshole, but when I feel authoritative, as in I feel like I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, it, for example, at work, if somebody asks me a question about something that I don't know, I'm like, oh, well, I don't, is it? I'm not sure you, we could go ask somebody or I could like help you look it up. But if they ask me something and I'm like, yeah, I got this. I know I'm not trying to be bossy, but I just get really loud. And I'm like, yes, you're going to need to go out here. And I'm telling you, you're going to push this button and this is going to happen, but you're not going to want to hit that. You're going to want to go down to the bottom and you're going to need to do. Yeah. I have literally had people, (laughs) my friends, so they weren't being jerks, yell to me. Melissa, why are you talking? Why do you talk so loud? (laughs) Which is funny because normally, I mean, like I said, I'm known for being pretty shy, pretty to myself, but I don't know. There's just something that flips when I feel like I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to prove anything. I just get loud. Yeah. See, I can't really pinpoint when it is that I get loud. Just when I get excited about something, when I think something is really funny or when I'm telling, when I'm talking about something that's just like really, really gets my gears going, whether it's anger or excitement. Sometimes I, I feel like, especially when I go to my fiance's parents' house, I realize it a lot there where I'm just like, you are screaming right now. <laughs> or when I'm talking on the phone or when I'm talking to the elderly, which I, I got used to doing that when I was doing like in-home senior care stuff because some of them can't they can't hear you so you have to talk loud but I did have some be like can you lower your voice a little bit because I was talking too loud and they didn't need me to talk that loud yeah see that's not something that I've ever recognized in you but I relate to having that feeling speaking of we're just gonna do a speaking of episode that's what this is (laughs) Speaking of talking way too loud and things not being for certain people's ears, do you remember when I was in college and we went out to eat and 
my boss was there. I pointed him out to you and I was just kind of telling you, I was like, isn't he like, he's really cute, isn't he? Like, he's pretty sexy. (laughs) And we were just like talking about how he was sexy. (laughs) And it was our table, a table between us, and then where my boss was sitting. My boss could not hear me. I know that he could not hear me. Yeah. However, after we've had this entire conversation about how sexy my boss is, my boss gets up and chats to the guy at the table next to us. The fear of what may have been heard and what may get around or what may not have been. Yeah. Like, and not knowing, well, did he? Did he not? Does he even know who I was talking about? Doesn't matter. I assume the worst. That was the worst feeling ever. Yeah. We were having a really nice afternoon, joking around. And then after I saw that, basically the only thing I could think about was that my boss was going to hear that I thought that. I totally know what you mean. And at least your thing is, had he heard that, he might, you know, see you in a different light. But it's not like you were like, and he is such a fucking asshole and he's the worst boss and he's as dumb as a box of rocks. I don't know, though. I don't know which is worse. And like I I wasn't concerned about my boss hearing. Obviously, I was concerned that he knew the person that was sitting next to us. And oh. what did that person hear? Yes. And were they going to say, hey, you, you know those girls were over there talking about you, right? <laughs> Checking you because out. Because <laughs> the next person he stopped at was our table. Right. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, you think you're having this private conversation and now there's this weird triangle yeah. <laughs> communication. I think everyone can probably relate to that on some level. I mean, cause I remember when I was still working in an office, there would be times that I would go with a coworker. Women do sometimes fit that stereotype of, you know, when you've got women in the office, they can be catty mm-hmm. and I can be just as catty as the best of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, there were a couple of times where we'd be in the break room shit-talking our coworkers, And it's like, that is such a dangerous place to do that. And especially, oh, this, this is when my volume would really go up, is when we would go on walks, I would get so amped up and I'd be like swinging my arms. I'm, I'm always, when I talk, I'm a, I'm a hand talker as well as a loud talker. And then you would realize that someone that you're working with that you just shit-talked is in their car yeah. with their window down. But the thing is, it doesn't matter how many times that happens and how horrible that feeling is. You don't stop. Yeah. I remember distinctly a time that that happened in my office. Our walls are not really walls. They're just a marker board. So it gives you the illusion of a wall, but it's not a wall. Mm -hmm. And also there's open space beneath and above. And one time my coworker and I were talking like just screaming this one guy for something and he walked around the corner he was right on the other side of the of the marker board he didn't say anything but of course we were just like did you hear and you're playing it cool did you not hear i imagine that there if he had heard you that he probably would have said something maybe not all out confront you but give you some sort of message. Yeah, like, I know what you just said about me. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've done that, and I'm, like, totally anti-confrontational. There was one time where one of my coworkers was reaming me. She didn't understand what it was that I needed. And so instead of 
coming over and asking me, she just shit-talked me to the moon and back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was so angry, and I got up, and I'm like, is there anything that I can help you with? It sounds like you're pretty upset about this. (laughs) And see, the turning on on their heels and being, like, super sugary sweet, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that person, you know? If someone were to hear me shit-talking them and then confronted me, I would hope that I would just be like, sorry, but don't, don't turn on this two-faced sugary sweetness. Yeah. I don't think I would get sugary sweet, but I think that I would backpedal hard. Just being honest about who I, who I am. Cause I just don't want confrontation so bad that I would just, I would probably like blame it on something else. Like I'm having a bad day and I'm overreacting or something like that. Yeah. I would probably do something similar to that, but I wouldn't just full out be like, Oh no, 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 no. I wasn't. No, no, no. You know, it totally makes sense. No, you're amazing. Right. That I can't really stand as tempting as it, as it would be, but it's like, you've already been caught. Like you just look stupid at that point. Speaking of (laughs) break rooms, (laughs) there was this one time I was in the break room making coffee, which it's like, am I the only fucking person who knows how to make coffee in this place? Yeah. Anyway, um, I actually really like making coffee. (laughs) I'm like Pam in the office where she goes from being a receptionist to a salesperson and they ask her to make copies and she's like, I'm not the receptionist anymore. I can't, I can't do that. Or people will not accept that I've taken this new position. And she's like, but it's such a shame because I really like making copies. That's kind of how I feel about yeah. the coffee. I shouldn't have to, and you should have enough respect for your coworkers that you don't just empty a pot of coffee and walk away. But I kind of love my two minutes of being a barista. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was making coffee, and I was alone for the majority of the time. And then a guy, a cute guy, came in. Not that that matters. <laughs> but it just had to be. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it just had to be. Sort of like it had to be a cute pharmacist when I had to look for Vagisil. Exactly. For a client, for a friend, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I'm making coffee. He strikes up a conversation and I'm talking to him. And so I'm distracted. And I take the pot out from under the filter where coffee is coming out. (laughs) Fresh, hot coffee. Mm -hmm. And I... Without thinking, because I didn't want to make a mess of coffee on the floor, put my hand (laughs) under the hot, dripping coffee to catch it. And because I was so determined for him not to know what was going on, I did not show it. Boiling hot coffee (laughs) dripping into my hand until finally he walked away. So that is how averse I am to being embarrassed. Yeah. So he finally leaves the room and I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And I start running cold water on my hand. And I literally had, I really need to learn the degrees of burns because I've said this before, something degree burn. (laughs) But I had to go down to my friend and like have her dress my wound. My palm was gone. I mean, you had a full on second degree burn then. Yes, absolutely. I'm trying to think of a time when I felt that kind of pain from an injury. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, even when Ted flipped upside down onto my leg 
I'm telling you, it did not hurt as bad as this burn did. Mm-hmm. To get real for a second, it gave me such an appreciate appreciation is not the right word, but just empathy, I guess, mm-hmm. for you know burn victims. Yeah, I just it's excruciating. It is the worst pain that I have ever felt and that was on the palm of my hand but the pain it'll go away for a second like when you put cold water on it or if you put burn cream on and then it just slowly like just flares back up Mm -hmm. to this unbearable pain and I just was like oh my gosh these poor people anybody anybody who's had to go through anything like that I just yeah Yeah. I know that's like super random and we went down this weird hallway (laughs) but yeah my heart goes out to Anybody who's had to deal with something like that. Yeah. Speaking of injuries that you just kept your cool on. (laughs) So I mentioned before, you know, I did in-home care for seniors. And there was one client. She wasn't my permanent client because I refused to go back to her after the first time. The services that she got, she got help cleaning her house and she got help bathing. I just, I struggle to think of a meaner person that I have ever met. Mm. She was the nastiest old witch I have ever met. You know, I'm not usually a person that says no, or I'm not going to do this. Right. Yeah. But she was one where when I left, I called my boss and I'm like, do not send me back to her ever again. Yeah. There have, there were only two clients that I ever saw that I'm like, I am not going back there. And she was one. Instead of using a trash can, she would keep plastic grocery bags sprinkled all over her apartment. She had, she would keep trash in her sink. You had to pick up the grocery trash bags, take them, and you would pour them into a, into an actual trash can. And then you had to fold the bags a very particular way so that she could refill them. And she's like, well, you need to get the trash out of the sink. I go over, and because she's being so particular about things, she wouldn't let me dump them in the trash can. I had to pick up the trash and put them in the trash can. Ooh, you had to transfer the trash with your hands? Yeah. Well, we always wore, I always wore gloves. Still. Because she was so particular, I'm picking up one piece of trash at a time from the sink. And she, she was in a scooter. She was just like very abrupt with her scooter. I mean, it would be hard rights and hard lefts and straight. And so she gets frustrated and she's like, just pick up the damn trash. And she, and she rolls right over my feet. And I don't say anything, but those scooters are heavy, man. And plus with a person on it. Yeah. She wasn't a, you know, a wispy old woman. (laughs) I got my feet rolled over and I had to just sit there and take it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> while she like angrily scoops the trash out of her sink. And then just to continue on with this little old witch. Mm-hmm. So then it comes, it gets to be the time where you have to give her her bath. She didn't use her bath room, like her bath. It had kitty litter in it. <laughs> and I don't remember ever seeing a cat, but... <laughs> She must have had it somewhere. So what she would do, she made you use the cheapest of the cheap paper towels. And I'm telling you, after doing this job, there are just certain things that I feel really strongly about. And the one thing is you do not fucking skimp on paper towels. 
you don't do it. You get the best paper towels that you can because they are worth it. <laughs> that, and I'm very particular about my vacuum cleaners. <laughs> mm, yeah. So she would make you use these paper towels that would like dissolve and you're like wiping her skin, <laughs> cleaning her, and they're just disintegrating <laughs> all over her. <laughs> hitting rewind before I started to wash her uh-huh. she's sitting in her chair I'm dreading this because if she's that particular about her garbage I can't imagine how particular she's going to be about her own body <laughs> right <laughs> I help her get undressed and I'm going to wash her shoulders and she's like you need to wash the front and I'm just like well the front of the front of me and she <laughs> Obviously, I know you got to wash everything. You got to, and with women, you know, you got to get under the boob and any of the crevices. You got to make sure those are clean. And she's making a gesture with her hands. So her hands start out in front of her and then she goes, wash the front and her hands open to bestow upon you her front. Her old saggy witch breasts. (laughs) You know who I envision is Dwight's aunt from The Office? She is exactly, every time you tell that story, she is who I envision. That is exactly who she was. Only I couldn't be Angela and whip her into shape. Right. And be like, you're going to have a proper bath like a lady. (laughs) You're going to get in the bathtub. I know when people get their hair washed or their hair brushed, a lot of people like it when you're a little bit rougher because Mm -hmm. it's like a head massage. I just can't do that. I know that I like it, but when I mess with people's hair, I'm very, very gentle. Like, I'm excellent at getting knots out of people's hair because I will not pull your hair at all. Yeah. Any clients that that had me, you know, for their bathing care always commented like, man, you're, you're really gentle. And some of them would be like, it's a good thing. And some of them would be like, get in there, really get in there. <laughs> yeah. Need it. Need it like a pizza. <laughs> but don't eat it. <laughs> So she didn't wash her hair because you're not going to wash this woman's hair with paper towels. <laughs> so her hair was like so greasy yeah. and she kept it in a braid. And so she wanted me to unbraid her hair and brush her hair. Oh, I just imagine the smell of greasy hair. <sighs> yeah. I can't even stand the own smell of my own greasy hair. Yeah. Like if I. Like when you lay a... on a pillow yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So. I'm brushing her hair, and she's just, like, harder. And so, and I mean, I swear, it got to the point where I'm like, it's going to be considered elder abuse if I do this any harder. Like, I'm not going to scrape your head off. And that's, I mean, her brush was really hard, and I was just, like, trying to brush. I was brushing as hard as I was comfortable with brushing her. And she, like, rips the brush out of my hand and just does it herself. And it's like, well, if you could do it yourself, you didn't need me. Right. So brush your own damn hair. I have so many. There are just so many stories. Like, let me just say that when I first started that job, I was considering something in the medical field, nursing, something along those lines. And that killed that hope in me because I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this. The more I did it, the less of a customer service caring kind of person I became because it just, it was one of those things where I'm like, I don't like people as much as I thought I did. Yeah. You don't like people as much as you thought you did. I had good clients. Like I had clients that were just so sweet and they, you know, I really enjoyed my time with them. 
but they were so few and far between. Most of them weren't paying for this out of their own pocket. They were getting government assistance. So they just didn't, and they didn't, you would think that they would appreciate it. They would appreciate help that, you know, not everybody gets to get, Mm -hmm. but they would have rather you not been there at all. They didn't want help. Some of them were just downright filthy, living lives that they don't have to. My very first client that I went to, I had never done anything like this before. And the very first person that they sent me to, you had to clean for him and you had to bathe him. And, you know, when you first start doing that, it's really awkward. You're kind of nervous because you're like, how do I act? Oh, you know, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. And especially your my first client being a man. Right. Which most of my clients were female. Mm-hmm. And there just is a difference, you know. You well, feel yeah. a lot more comfortable. Yeah. I think because, they feel more comfortable with you. Yeah. There's just that bond there. Like, it's not like I've never seen a boob before. Right. You can just move on. Some of these men were, like, super randy. Like, (laughs) you just didn't want to even go there. (laughs) And so you walk into this guy's house, and the smell that hits you is just indescribable. He was a double amputee. He was able to get in and out of his wheelchair. You know, everything that he'd need when he was put to bed at night, he had everything he needed around him. Mm -hmm. This man chose to literally wipe his feces all over the walls, pee on the floor when he had places that he could go. I mean, when you when I walked in, ice was slipping. The floor was wet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you would go into his kitchen and there were like sharps everywhere, which if you it's don't know what, what a sharp is, it's a needle. He was diabetic. Instead of putting his sharps in a container where they can be disposed of properly, he would just have them laying all over the place. You'd be picking up his dishes. You would almost get stuck with a needle. Gosh. It was so bad. It, was he Randy to boot? He was not Randy with me. He was very grouchy with me, though, until it came to his bath time. <laughs> and, then, and then he was a teddy bear. And then he was quite nice. what's even the point so so he's got piss all over the floor and shit on the walls but he gets a bath i mean i'm not saying he doesn't deserve a bath but i'm just like he's clearly not someone who cares about hygiene yes okay hygiene that's the word i'm looking for like if you're gonna get a bath and then you're immediately gonna sit back somewhere with your poop everywhere i just don't get it the other thing is is that while i was there you know i helped clean but his daughter and his son were there. So he has help too. And they cleaned and they made sure that they, you know, while I was giving him his bath, like she changed his sheets and everything. So he has people who care enough to help him. And also, you know, he didn't have any sort of mental impairment because that is something that you would want to, you know, if he's got dementia or something like that that's not right unheard of for sure and that's understandable i mean so what did you have to do you just had to like go around his house and poopy scoop or what (laughs) (laughs) so he only had a swiffer oh my because you know we didn't bring our own cleaning supplies we had to use what they had so and you're only there for an hour also there's only so much you can do oh my gosh well i guess once again in this episode, kudos to somebody who isn't me, because 
I can't do that. And I mean, the whole nursing thing, I knew it was never in me. I never, I never aspired to be that because I know that I'm too much of a chicken shit. Anyone out in the healthcare field, any of you nurses, thank you, thank you, thank you, because we're too chicken shit to do it. You guys are awesome. Yeah, agreed. Speaking of old people and my job, one other story that came to mind where it was kind of a oopsie. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag oops. Hashtag oops. (laughs) This client, I would just go in there and clean. And I did really like her. She was really sweet. But she was also quite particular. There was one day that I was dusting and she had a vase and it had a handle on the floor underneath her TV. I picked up the vase and the handle broke off. It was just one of those... I had never broken anything while when I was at a client's house. And mm-hmm. I was just at this crossroads <laughs> where I was like, okay, I either tell her I broke this. It could have been already cracked before I picked it up because the handle just snapped off when I picked it up. It's possible. Or I could just the handle next to the vase (laughs) and hope she doesn't see it. And I chose the latter. (laughs) Did she ever notice? She never brought it up. So my guess is she either never saw it or it was already broke. It was already broke. That's one of those things where I look back and I just, I think back on it and I'm like, oh, so wrong. (laughs) I don't know. I could rationalize away anything, especially when it comes to making you innocent in this situation. (laughs) But I mean, it's not like you knocked it over and it broke. You just picked it up and it broke. It's not really, I don't know. Yeah. You know, further rationalizing. I don't know that it, I don't think that it was like necessarily an antique. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the kind of vase that it was, it's the kind of thing that you see a lot at a yard sale. Like every time, every house that you go to, they're trying to get rid of their ugly, ugly sheep vase. Like, uh-huh. do you know that, that vase that I'm talking about? Maybe I'll post a picture on Instagram, but it's the most hideous thing I've ever seen. And there was one time, our mom collects hall pottery. I have a rule for her that she's not allowed to spend more than $5. Mm-hmm. And she has to like it. And she has these, like, books where it, like, goes over the pottery and, like, what's valuable and how valuable it is. And we came across this ugly ass sheep with a little boy maybe it was just a sheep like a pink sheep with a bow Mm. I think it's maybe worth I don't know let's say a hundred and it was they were selling it for 25 and I'm like no it's over five dollars and I don't want that eventually she can only buy pottery that we are willing to inherit yeah which (laughs) we've come full circle (laughs) speaking of (laughs) our inheritance (laughs) But seriously, no joke, I don't want that ugly sheet base. Did she buy it? No, I did not let her buy it. I mean, because there's already, there's this rubber tree plant that she has. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And it's it's really neat, but it's been, I don't remember a time that it's not been around. It is literally a member of the family. Yeah. And it is literally older than me. It's something that you have to, like... <laughs> move all around it's huge yeah Yeah. and it's the pot that it's in is like i don't know people can't see your arms i know i'm well i'm trying to think she's making a motion like she's hugging a bear (laughs) that's how big the pot is but the plant is so heavy that it tips the pot over it's too top heavy the pot won't hold it 
anymore. <laughs> Missy and I always are like, no, 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 no. You can have you can have a rubber means, tree plant. I know it means know a lot, to, lot you. to you. So you can you have can, it. That's all right. You can have it. <laughs> I guess I don't mind taking because it's one of those things where you can like snip off a branch and like start your own rubber tree plant for your kids to hate. Yeah. <laughs> You know what we'll do is we'll just plant the rubber tree plant wherever she is laid. And she can can keep it. And we're going (laughs) to stop this conversation. (laughs) Missy, are you cured? No. This session did nothing. Nothing for curing me or for therapy. No, it was just fun. Are you cured? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. You just got done telling me that it did nothing for you. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just on autopilot right now. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I'm not here. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Awkward's Anonymous. We hope you were comforted to know that you're not the only one thinking those evil thoughts, feeling those crazy feels, or being inappropriately awkward. More than anything, we hope you were entertained. And of course, one of the most important things this podcast can do is to help you meet and support others who thought they were alone. We know it might be one of the hardest things you've ever done, dear introverts, but be bold, be brave, and introduce yourself. Tell us what's on your mind. What has your awkward ass been struggling with this week? Tell us a funny story. We're convinced we're not the only ones dealing with these seemingly irrational feelings and awkward behavior, so neither are you. We'd love to share what you have to say on this podcast just to prove it. And remember, you guys are in control of how many people we reach. Share, follow, like, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback is everything to growing a network of weirdos supporting other weirdos. Email us with anything you want to share at awkwardsanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at awkwardsanonymouspodcast. Meet with us every Tuesday to discuss all the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and wacky behavior we experience as awkwards. And really anything else we'd never normally say out loud. Can't wait to hear from you. Bye!